Welcome to the Smarter MSP Podcast, helping MSPs build better businesses one discussion at a time. Good morning, good afternoon. Thank you for joining the Smarter MSP Podcast, Episode 5. Today, we're going to cover how the remote workforce has changed cybersecurity and the requirements uh, that are rolling out to MSPs. We've got some guests today that I'm excited to announce, so we'll get started. Um, Again, this is the fifth episode of our Smarter MSP podcast, so I'm your host, Ken Bartlett. Today, we have an exciting episode coming up with the including uh, an introduction of our new host, Aaron Crowley. Uh, Aaron, welcome to Smarter MSP, the podcast series. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Sure, and thank you, Ken, for letting me join you in on this fun. Um, I've been with uh, Barracuda uh, MSP in the industry for almost 10 years now. Um, I'm sure my voice sounds familiar for a lot of those who attend our various webinars um, and virtual events. That's normally where you see me hanging out, but um, I'm excited to get into this and hang out with you guys here and learn a little bit more along with you. Welcome again, Aaron, and uh, we've worked together a lot, so we're no strangers. Um, We've had an eventful month since the last episode of the Smarter MSP podcast, namely uh, a ransomware attack that shut down the uh, Colonial Pipeline uh, in the U.S. and caused a major disruption on the southwest or southeast. We've been talking about the importance of cybersecurity over the last few episodes and and how it will be brought to the attention, brought to the forefront in 2021. And this incident is one of many that highlights that. But I have to say, I still hear businesses saying from time to time that cyber criminals aren't necessarily interested in the smaller space, the MSPs, the small um, businesses. They're only interested in big companies, pipelines and such, you know, the largest in the industries. Um, But the truth is that cyber criminals don't really just target the big guys. They will attack anyone who isn't prepared or doesn't have the infrastructure set up to combat these type of threats. Let's move on to the guest today. So Yeah, no worries. And I totally agree with that, that people are, you know, I think it's not me, especially when they see some of these larger companies getting attacked. And as someone who lives in the Southeast region, um, it was a little scary there for a couple of days when um, at one point, I, I'm pretty sure we read around 83% of gas stations in North America or in North Carolina did not have any gas. So um, it was a little touch and go for a while. So this will be an interesting topic, but I'm also very excited to introduce our two guest hosts today. We have Paul Rainey from Range and Mark Whiffen from Barracuda MSP. So Paul um, is the MSP manager at Range, a Montana-based exchange carrier providing telecommunication services in the southeastern Montana and northeastern Wyoming. And then we also have Mark Whiffen, who is our senior product manager here at Barracuda MSP. Mark oversees the product direction, development, and delivery of Barracuda RMN and Barracuda's partner services. So thank you both for joining us today. And Paul, we'll start with you. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. I'm Paul Rainey. I work with Range. Um, I've been with Range for almost five years now, heading up the MSP division for four. My background is I was uh, an MSP. I had an MSP for about 20 years, even before they had a name for MSP. I didn't even know what that was until I got a phone call and had to ask. And then I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I've been doing that for 10 years. So so I've been in an MSP space for some time. So, and I had a vast difference of customers from automobile dealerships to medical facilities, to border patrol, to federal government and everything in between. So I've got a pretty good burst background in the difference of what each individual segment of market needs for an MSP. 
Very cool. I can't wait to hopefully one day now that things are lifting to get out to the Montana and Wyoming region of the country. Um, perfect. Mark, how about you give us a little bit of information about yourself? Thanks, Aaron. As the uh, product manager at Barcode MSP, I, uh, you know, you mentioned the RMM and the managed services. So that's an exciting part because my job is to make sure, you know, I understand where the, where the customer, the MSP needs are going, where the SMB units are being affected, and then to make sure that our product alignment and strategies and how it overlaps with all the other products and services that we offer through through Barracuda. So I'm pretty excited with this one today. I've, I know I've spoken with Paul in the past and Paul has great insight into, uh, you know, particularly the impact of, of this to EMSPs. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to hear more about this. Awesome. Thank you both. All right, Ken, I think it's time we dive into the information. Yeah, thanks, and happy to have you guys here. So certainly appreciate taking time out of your days. Um, so it's it's been an eventful 2021 so far, from the biggest supply chain attack uh, to the Microsoft Exchange email security attack, and now the most impactful ransomware attack. Um, so 2021 is shaping up to be the year of cyber attacks, it seems. What is it about 2021 that is causing or bringing these attacks onto businesses? So what I, what I see is... Um you have more people working at home and the longer that we've been working at home, um, I think they get lax on some of the training they have done, uh, have experience with like phishing attempts and things like that. And that's, that's where we see is most of the, the thing, uh, breaches that we've seen or, or uh, compromise that we've seen um, has come from people working at home, clicking on email they shouldn't have. Um, even though they know they shouldn't have, um, it seems like that still happens. And being working at home, I think that the attack vector is a, is a larger um, than it has been previously um, because now, you know, you have some of these companies have a couple hundred people working from home. Now you have a couple hundred different um, networks that you're concerned about instead of just being in a home office, having one network to be concerned about that helps shape that up too. And then some places aren't on a scheduled phishing training that they've done in the past where they were very doing it every month or every few months or quarterly. Some of them have suspended that because of work at home. So they're, they're forgetting about some of the basic stuff of how to look at an email to scrutinize it. And there's no problem of, of sending it to IT for them to look deeper in it. Some of that has been done. So that's where I see has, has caused a lot of the, the stuff that we've been seeing. Thanks, Paul. And just before we go to Mark, um, what did it look like from a preparation perspective when the remote shift happened um, in the early stages of the pandemic, um, you know, for range and, and your business? What was that shift to look like? Uh, was it chaos like some of them? Was it structured? What, what did you guys start with? If you can give me a little light on that, I'm, I'm curious there. You know, we, we have schools and, and different and retail outlets and the medical facility and automobile dealerships. So it was that was an interesting transition, you know, because especially at our schools, um, some of those, they went to remote learning and some of the kids didn't have any internet at their house, which was interesting. So Range was one of the first companies to actually step forward on the initiative that the federal government had put forth. And we were providing that to these uh, individuals at the school would identify at low cost or no cost to them. Um, so we were we were scrambling on both ends, trying to get them data, but also trying to come up with a plan for the teachers to have access to uh, to be able to do remote, remote learning. So it was a rapid learning curve. But I think the positive side that's come out of that 
I think it has advanced the security of what we were looking at years ahead of where it would have been if we'd never had this. If you want to look at a positive thing that's happened is that it's caused a rapid deployment and a rapid rethink of how security was being handled. So I think that's jumped us ahead two or three years because of that. Yeah, just out of necessity, right? Um, necessity, yes. And then they're just... How, how are you going to, yeah, how are you going to secure 200 workers from home that were in the office now? So uh, there was a lot of, lot of that, that, and I think that advanced everybody, you know, years ahead of where we would have been. Well, thanks for sharing, Paul. That's, a, that's kind of a touching story and, and neat that you could own both sides of that by providing the connectivity, but also the, the security and the connectivity on the, um, on the business end to facilitate those remote uh, transformations, right? Um, so, Mark, we'll get your perspective on on the question about what's causing bringing on these attacks back to the original question. Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate it. Paul's kind of focus on some of the very specifics, you know, specifics about, you know, like the phishing attacks and people being ill prepared for it. The part that I think resonated the most with me and what, you know, the kind of way we've had to align our products and services because of all the feedback and the data we're collecting about the where, what, the when, the how of attacks is really about the digital transformation. And, and, and so I just kind of going to jump on what Paul said there, which is that that accelerated digital transformation has been a massive factor, right? It's, it's as simple as, um, you know, all the students, all the uh, online retail, all the services, everything that's had to uh, quickly transition over to be, you know, digitally transformed to be available, uh, whether it's SaaS products or, you know, just moving infrastructures. There, there's so many different variables, but I think it's that digital transformation is the, is the key catalyst. And, and if you really, you know, break that down. Uh, and look at it, what it was a few years ago. And when somebody talked about security and MSP was not responsible for the focus of security. If you had a security driven need, you would have had, you know, probably been told you should talk to an MSSP because that's their, that's their, you know, specialized industry. But I think the lines have crossed the digital transformation, kicked that door open where the sheer frequency, the intensity and the complexity of all the different, uh, you know, cyber attacks have just have just meant that MSPs as a baseline now have to have security in their portfolio. So I think it's it's what was once, you know, only large enterprise, like the pipeline's a great symbol of, you know, kind of like the traditional attack. Everybody goes after big infrastructure or big business or, you know, whatever enterprise scale products. But if you quickly flip that over now, you're, you know, with the digital transformation, there's a, a lot of exposed surfaces that need to be secured. And they're not talked about in the media, but that sheer volume of attacks is on the, you know, SMB size, not necessarily all on the enterprise. It's the enterprise that makes the media stamp but it's not necessarily the ones who are being hit all the time. So I think it's, 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 you know, that digital transformation is the key to me. Perfect. Thanks, Mark. And, and you both sort of hit on the same point there. And Paul sort of uh, started it off by talking about um, proactively training users for phishing, for instance, and ransomware. These, you know, email is a large threat vector, the largest in, in most cases. And uh, uh, as a result, I mean, we're seeing a drastic change on, the way that businesses are being attacked, uh, you know, 10 years ago to the current day, the need to be ahead of that curve by proactively coaching and training users and identifying those liabilities um, and understanding that these people have elevated privileges and be, can become a entry point to an organization or a business is critical there. So, um, you know, certainly some great responses, gentlemen. So I appreciate the, the commentary there. 
So Paul, as an MSP, you know, you kind of talked about some of the trainings and things like that, but how have you been preparing your customers' networks and devices and the employees for heightened uh, cybersecurity threats? Like, what are you looking into and how are you getting everyone prepared for this? So when we were doing that transition to home, uh, at least for range here, we, we made that decision. So what we did and, and what I did with customers also is followed the same suit that we come, that we helped with implementing a policy here is that their home router, we had to make sure that we could set up another SSID um, that we could put in a work one. So it separates that traffic out. So it'd be separate than from their kids' home Xbox because the kids are at home too at the same time um, being on their Xbox, on their phones. And typically there's only one SSID. Um, so all that traffic and all that could cross over and, and be able to um, infect or if one device was infected to do that. And we find most of their smart devices are also connected to the same network. So we worked, I worked a lot on, on setting up different SSIDs and make sure that there's no cross traffic on the, on their router um, or wireless um, um, access point um, so that we could separate that traffic out. And then, then we worked on making sure that our customers were consistently working with phishing training. We never, we never stopped that. Um, we continually work with that. We worked with, making sure that we had a, a, our tools in place that were able to make sure that the updates were being done on computers, third-party updates were being done. And then we had some access into it, some other things like if their IP had changed on a computer unexpectedly to something different, um, we had we had insight to see in that an IP address had an unexpected change that we could look at. And then we also in our arm and tool to make sure that we do have ability for security assessments in that. So we can look and make sure that um, what software has been installed on computers. So being at home, sometimes you don't have that insight as much, but um, our tools allowed us to see that somebody uh, installed a piece of software that wasn't on our approved list or there was a new software added because uh, we found during this time, a lot of software vendors have found a way around to install without having privileges. Um, so that, that caused some issues there too, but being able to have a tool to see that, that we were able to um, run reports and see that and then also get notices that we can deal with that to find out what's what happened or, or is that computer compromised. That's great. Yeah, you talked about being prepared and ensuring, you know, your your customers that you guys are looking out for them. I mean, I think everyone thought our CTO was a little crazy when he, you know, I did a webinar with him and he talked about, you know, computers talking to each other and making sure you had separate networks for your kids' computers and your work computers and technology. It, it is crazy how it can talk to each other. And so making sure that you had that, that separate connection is great to hear. And I'm sure it really benefited you and your customers um, in the long run. That's great to, to hear that. And, and Mark, do you have anything that, you know, the piggyback on, on ensuring customers and ensuring how you can show that no matter where their employees are working, that they can be safe? Uh, I mean, I love, I love the, uh, you know, implementation Paul talked about with segmenting home networks so that you have kind of a work, you know, work SSID and you have your, your home kind of the play area, if you would. I think that's brilliant. I mean, a couple of years ago, I did a webinar and we talked about securing IoT, but for businesses and for MSPs, and it really was focused on, you know, the conversation was really strong about, you know, to secure the devices, you want to have, make sure that your businesses are set up with a work network and then a guest network where you can bring in those, you know, kind of non 
less secured or non-secured work or devices to be able to do that. And if you evolve that into what Paul was saying is bringing that same logic into the house, which is just, you know, uh, uh, such a strong, it's a strong security statement and a strong security stance. And then combining that with the ability to, you know, with that segmentation of those, those two kinds of networks, you really bring it in and where that's where you can start doing your assessments on those networks. And you can really start looking at vulnerabilities. You want to make sure that, you know, scanning and patching, and obviously the priority would be on the, you know, your work network. But I think what it, it allows people at home to realize if you start implementing that level of security and that layered secure approach, even for remote workforce, is that some of it carries over to the home networks. And that's a, an indirect win, because if you can get people thinking about the security of their networks, not just in a work environment, but also in their home, and as that remote workforce you know, continues to grow, then you've got a little bit of a win, even you know, uh, as, you, as, you, as you heighten that security conversation, having that on multiple layers like that, I think that's just a, a big win. So continually talking about, a, you know, security and assessment. And, and, and then if we take that on a business level and we put it in, you know, to an MSP's work tool, the RMM, really you need, you know, that, that ability to scan and secure networks has to be part of the conversation. So, you know, MSPs like Paul are able to go out with confidence and see the footprint and the security assessment and the reassessment and being able to track that over time to make sure that the security is continually evolving and that you just don't have gaps being exposed and being forgotten about. I think that's the driving force is, is getting that, that, that continual layered logic of, of a security assessment and reassessing and continue to address those gaps. I think that's where the big security of the landscape is really kind of cemented together. Yeah. And, you know, working from home, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, it may just alter on how people look at it as we go back, you know, to people working in. But Paul, I mean, I think you took the best best approach and I think it will continue to help you guys succeed moving forward as things figure out where we're going next. I have a couple more things I'd like to add to that, too. Um, we oh, also please. make sure that um, all of our workforce is using VPN. We require VPN to connect um, even anywhere now. We used to be just when you're at home trying to connect back in our network, but we, we required and I work with the customers to understand the, the importance of we're always using a VPN connect when, they're, when that laptop is being used um, because then we don't we have that secure tunnel and there's some things that uh, are benefits because of that. And then we also make sure that all of our customers uh, and even internally, we're using a DNS filter to make sure that if they do click on something or not, it doesn't have the access to phone home to bring back an encryption key to encrypt that computer. So we're running a um, DNS filter too. I, I think on top of that, Paul, uh, one of the things that I find really, you know, kind of interesting about it is we talked about the home network and securing that and, you know, and, and being able to secure your connection back. But I know that as, you know, as a, a software development company, you know, with the security security products on, on the Barracuda side, you know, when we talk about the RMM and our other product lines, it, for us, it's a, it's a big deal to make sure that, you know, we're giving the MSP tools that have gone through our security, you know, auditing uh, you know, various compliance checklists and stuff so that the MSP can do it too. So, so before I, I know uh, there, there's probably a few more questions, but I thought I love this, this approach. And, and from your company's perspective, like where did you think the biggest impact on your company as an MSP was on their own, like uh, vision of, of securing their own product lines and making sure that the vendor stands who they chose and stuff aligned with, you know, that security vision. 
Well, we we always look at, um, at least I look at trying to find a, um, a partner that has security at first in mind, because I don't want security to be a second thought after they have been breached. I, I think that as far as choosing some tools, I've always looked at security first and then the functionality of the tool doesn't meet everything we need. Um, so that that's kind of how I approach with that. And another thing that we have to look at too is, uh, especially if you're looking at customers' networks, especially if you're running a VPN and it's running through the firewall now, is it, you need to look at the firewalls too and the capabilities of firewalls and, and finding a partner with somebody that has an ability to manage the firewall for you. So if you can get a, co- a company that has a firewall that they have a team that manages it and they develop it, then, then you have the best of that because they can help take some of that off and make sure that firewall logs are being looked at because we find when we're looking at taking over other MSPs that they've never logged, their MSP hasn't logged into the firewall in years. There's some of that stuff that I look at that we have to look at partnering with somebody that helps with that. Sure. So thanks uh, for that insight. And uh, if anyone's administered a firewall and you haven't logged into it in years, you know that, you know, you're probably not doing VPN. You're probably not updating the firmware. You're probably not, um, auditing the logs and activity. So, I mean, that's a, a scary situation uh, when it comes to having a gateway device like that that's not being uh, uh, properly maintained. Well, thank you, Paul and Mark. I mean, the, these insights have been extremely valuable. And, you know, we appreciate you joining today and adding to our content and our podcast. Um, you know, big thank you to our listeners. In our next episode, we're going to be talking more about the executive order, um, some details around that, and how it's going to continue to impact MSPs and other industries. For daily insights delivered directly to your inbox, subscribe to smartermsp.com.